Monday, Monday, Monday. Good Monday, everybody. This is your daily Blue Jays podcast, Underdogs. It is Monday, September 13th, 2020. I am David Patrick Fleming. September 14th. Oh, shit. September the 14th. This whole episode was going to be based on the fact that it's the 13th. Bye. Uh, September 14th, 2020. I am David Patrick Fleming. He is Jacob Eamon. Jacob, how you doing? We didn't do a show on Friday, so we haven't done this for three days. Feels like a month. Yeah, it's crazy how, how uh, how long it feels like. Let's just get right down to the big question that I'm sure you want to talk about. How excited were you for the NFL to get going yesterday? I didn't even realize it happened. I'm mostly just annoyed that now I have to deal with that. You know, there's going to be people on podcasts, sports radio. They're going to want to talk about football. There's too much stuff going on. All of the major sports happening at once. I know. Playoffs happening almost well, for two of them now going into three with baseball uh, two weeks away now from playoffs. I was in St. Catharines, Ontario. For anybody who's from Ontario, you probably know it. But anybody out there who's... Not even from Canada. It's just a kind of a small town. Maybe 150,000 people is what I would say St. Catharines is. So I went into a bar yesterday to watch the Blue Jays game. There were 18 TVs in this bar. Every single TV was on football. There was just a bunch of brown bottle day drunks all with their football jerseys on. And we asked to watch baseball on one of 18 TVs, and it was a whole ordeal. That was so crazy to me because this is a town in Ontario where the Toronto Blue Jays typically play. A Toronto Blue Jays team who, by fan graphs, is 98.6% sure to make it to the playoffs. And they were treating us like it was the craziest thing they'd heard that we didn't want to watch football that's nasty yeah it was so shocking to me that that nobody there had any interest in watching the jays game and i had this blue jays hoodie on and i was like getting teased what were they saying they're just like oh look at you with blue jays hoodie came here to watch your baseball game in the first nfl sunday of the year not likely for you bud not likely for you and these guys were just necking bottles of ov 50, Labatt Blue, Molson Canadian, Coors Light. So you didn't get any sound, I'm guessing. Uh, There was football sound on over top of the baseball game, which is awful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm really... So you got a a good grasp of what's been going on with the Blue Jays this weekend. Well, I mean, I did watch the game yesterday. I checked it out a little bit on Saturday. I, I watched... The, a little bit of the 18 to 1 drubbing on Friday before you and I watched the, uh, the Raptors sadly bow out of the season. Yeah. I think it was only 4 1 when I stopped watching that game. It seemed like they were doing fine. There was a point, though, in that game when I was watching Jacob DeGrom pitch, who might be my favorite pitcher to watch pitch now because of how he can locate 100 basically anywhere he wants and how effortless his delivery is where i thought is that the ceiling for nate pearson is does he have a potential to be a jacob Degrom? we got to see we got to see him pitch again we got to see him even in in a crawl space of of jacob Degrom. we haven't we haven't seen that so yeah it's uh it's for sure like a, a similar makeup 
you know, similar stylings of, of pitching, I think. It really was so clear to me, though, how much, you know, stuff is just an element of it. Because you would think that if you could throw 100, uh, you don't have to locate it too well. You just throw 100, no one will hit it as long as you're throwing somewhere near the zone. But we've seen both sides of that. We've seen Nate Pearson get hit around throwing close to 100. And then when you see a guy like DeGrom with that much control and velocity, it's just a whole new world. No, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we we see him again in the next, you know, at least a, a bit of a tune-up before we go into the playoffs for Nate. Yeah, injuries are kind of weird right now. I don't know if 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 you felt the same way. The whole Tay Oscar Hernandez injury, I felt like really uh, in the dark about. Mm-hmm. Remember when it first happened? I was like, oh, okay, a little oblique thing. He'll be fine. Then a couple of days went by and. People are talking about it like he's done for the season. We might be lucky to get him in the playoffs. It's like, what? How did that happen? He he seemed seemed like it was going to be a minor thing, and now he's now it's like gone back the other way. He's he was hitting off a tee on on Friday, then Saturday he was taking BP, and now he's looking like he's going to be back again soon. I don't know. It's and then same with Rowdy. Rowdy, we saw in a like a crutch looking like he came home from the war and then apparently he's walking around fine without a boot and it's very confusing and it is confusing because i honest to god when we saw rowdy walking with those crutches i was like we're never seeing him again this year no um i did see tay oscar taking some bp it looked like matt shoemaker was throwing tay oscar bp um it wasn't though it looked like him did it did it not look just like him and i and i was thinking i was like is Matt Shoemaker that jacked? Because whoever that was, was a massive black bearded jacked man. And I was like, who is that? Yes. Apparently, I can't remember who it was. They were talking about it on the broadcast about how he's a dead ringer for Matt Shoemaker as well, though. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, as I said, I was at a bar. The NFL sound was over the game. So there's just some elements of the game that I'll never fully understand. But do you think... You could enlighten me. Could you, could you tell me a story of the game? I can tell you a story of last night's game. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 can, I can give you an account of what it was like for me to watch it. That's what I want. That's From all, my perspective. That's all I ever want. All right, everybody. You know what that means then. It's time. For the game time. Back on the grind again. It's the Blue Jays, everyone. Yes. Yes, the young, exciting, dangerous, playoff-bound, fighting injuries and adversity, prospect-promoting, base-running, blundering, bullpen-shoving, back from injury, Bo Bichette captained Toronto Blue Jays. We are still home in Buffalo with Jerry Seinfeld's New York Mets in town. The rubber match. We've got our ace, the $80 million man from Incheon, South Korea, Hanjin Ryu. Kevin Biggio is making his big league debut as a third baseman. I'm guessing Mark Ross and Charlie called an emergency meeting after Saturday night's game, watching Travis Shaw, and Shapiro's like, all right, what the fuck can we do so I never have to see that again? Charlie, give me something. And Charlie's like, I think, I think Kevin is ready. He's been playing. He's been taking ground balls at third base the past few weeks. So yeah, yeah, he should be ready. Don't make me look at that again, Charlie, or you're out of here. I know we're the ones that signed him, but he was supposed to be a first baseman. Fuck, fuck. Top of the first, Lourdes Gurriel makes a highlight reel diving catch in the alley, and they almost pick off the base runner who had to sprint back to first. 
One run does eventually come in, though, and so it's one zip Mets after one. Christ, the wind is howling in this game. Looks like the front of a cruise ship out there. Gritchick gets into it in the second with a long, long single that nearly goes out, and Mr. Guriel Jr. next up to bat, and he smashes a big-time ding-dong over the net in left field and on to Oak Street. Just like that, it's 2-1 Blue Jays, and we are back in control. Although Ryu doesn't have great control today, he's not walking, guys, because he's Ryu, but Mets are getting hits all over the place, and he keeps getting double plays strikeouts and keeps getting out of it and then he starts cruising through the fifth and sixth looks awesome retiring eight in a row i'm pretty much watching this game in a cave Brittany has a migraine so i've got the volume low i've got all the blinds closed and the lights off it's mid-afternoon but it feels like it's midnight bottom of the six and the blue jays get cooking vlad walks gritchick walks guriel walks bases loaded and nobody is out Pitching change, and VR is up, and he walks. Guerrero scores. Come on, Mets. I need Vladdy running. He's got a routine. Travis Shaw is up, and he hits a huge, and I mean massive, mosquito out of the air, whiffing on the baseball and striking out. One out, and now Espinal is up, and he clears the bases with a soft liner over the third baseman. He advances to third on the throw, and then Jansen flares one onto center field, and it's now seven to one. Blue Jays, this is what I'm talking about. Five run inning. Biggio hits a nice double so he can get in on the hits. Top of seven. Reuse night is done, and king of the north, Tom Hatch is in. He goes through the seventh, comes back out for the eighth, but a few quick singles and a run scored later. Charlie comes out and tells him to go get a shower. 7-2 Jaybirds. Crockfather comes in and lets in a run too when they can't turn a double play. Hazel May is with Joe Siddle doing Blue Jay Central, and I can only assume someone has finally come forward about Jamie Campbell, and we don't have to be subjected to his smug, slimy lizard face any longer. <laughs> Dolis, Sloth walks his way to the mound in the ninth, and Sloth King strikes out two on his way to finishing off this game and finishing off the Mets, and guess what, everyone? The Blue Jays have won or split nine straight series. Not since 1992 have we done that. Do you remember what happened in 1992, people? I was one years old, so I don't. Blue Jays get another off day today and then head to New York, New York to get their first look at Garrett the Ferret Cole and Pinstripes and take a stranglehold on second place in the division. Man, it is tough to be uh, under the gaze of the underdogs. We are so hard. <laughs> I mean, we got the croc father. We've got the worm. We've got the sloth now. These are just men who are really gifted at something, trying to get their job done, and we just slaughter them. I need a Travis Shaw intervention. Like, I need to like, I need to talk to him or something, or I need to have someone like. You know, tell me about his family, his story, something that can like give me some sort of empathy right now. Cause I feel like a serial killer when I see him, like just want to target him. Yeah, he's not even in like the cute fun nicknames uh category with us. He's just actual real world hate. Yeah. And I don't know how or why how I can get over it, you know? I don't know if it's because your hate was so strong or I've just started to naturally 
hate him as well. It's hard to know where the full influence is, but when I see him, it makes me sick now too. There's something about <laughs> slimy quality to him. This is so mean. I, I, it, it, this is awful, but it's just the way we feel, you know, and yeah. we got to say the way we feel. It's 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 particularly the defense with him, right? I don't I I I think because you know I, he's not the worst person to have come up to bat, and definitely not like if he's hitting seventh or eighth when he's hitting third, it really grinds me up a lot. Yeah. But there was a play on Saturday night. It's it's a it's a it's a, it was a ground ball hit to third. It it was probably like three feet from the line. Travis Shaw kind of slides over and it just goes right past him for a double or triple or something crazy. And I, I, I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it because at first I was like, what? how did that happen? What What happened? And then you just see it just like, he just doesn't make it there. And I'm like, if you can't, if you can't make it to a ball that isn't even like on the line, let alone like balls that go over the line and into, into foul ground and make a throw from there, but you can't make it to a ball that comes like, within a foot of you as a third baseman, you have that little range, something's got to be done so that you don't have to play there anymore. Do you have any sympathy for him because he was supposed to play first base? That was my... I brought that argument up to you and you said no, you didn't. I, I don't. I'm asking you if you do. I don't. <sighs> I, I try to think of that when I get worked up. I try to think he was supposed to be our first baseman and maybe he prepared differently, you know? I can't imagine there was no conversation about him potentially playing third base, though. And I'm not saying there's anything he could have done other than just worry. But, yeah, I do not like seeing him at third base. Yeah. Well, and obviously they don't either. We've got to the point where we're starting someone who's never played there over him. Gotta love Kevin Bichio, man. Mm -hmm. It just seems like he's very willing to help the team in whatever way that needs to be helped. I mean, maybe behind closed doors, he has <laughs> shit fits every time. <laughs> he just pulls the My Dad's a Hall of Famer card and starts throwing Gatorade cans around. But uh, it seems like he's game. Yes. He does uh, take opportunities to remind everyone, I feel like, that he prefers to play second base whenever <laughs> he gets the chance. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty good sport about it. Yeah. Um. Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray oh. pitching Saturday. Ooh, and uh, Ooh, I'm gonna show you a real flop here. I think it was the last time that we were on here. Uh, I said something to you like, "Would you give him another start?" And you said yes. And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if we ever need to see that shit again." Robbie Ray on Saturday pitched five innings, two walks, five strikeouts, got the win. And now here is my question for you. And it's not necessarily okay. just focused around Robbie Ray. However, as I said, Blue Jays, 98.6% chance of making the playoffs. That to me is a done deal. You'd have to really fuck up not to make the playoffs. And, you know, sounds like a challenge. Sounds like something that not even Travis Shaw could get done. But in a three-game series, let's say. Yes. Give me your three pitchers in a three-game series okay um well i feel like the the heart of what you're getting at here perhaps after this game is am i looking at taiwan walker or am i looking at robbie ray i'm saying you might be for me i'm interested in both yeah like on the same day no 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 like i'm saying for me i'm saying ryu walker uh and then maybe, maybe, depending, like if there's a team that just like struggles more against lefties or something, 
I'm thinking maybe Robbie Ray. Yeah. Well, look, we got, I don't know how many more looks at Robbie Ray before the end of the season, but if he does what he did on Saturday again, and then does that, I don't know, even not as well, but I might be looking at him before I'm looking at Taiwan Walker for a second game Wow! and thinking about it with a, you know, a quick, a quick hook, you know, kind of a Robbie Ray slash perhaps bullpen day uh, in game two. It's going to depend for me, though, on if we win game one or not. And I'm not, game one's going to be tough, you know, depending on who who we're facing. It's like you get into that Cleveland series. Yeah, you got Bieber coming and, at you. Boom, you got Bieber coming at you. You got Barrios coming at you uh, from the Twins. Um I don't even I don't know who who starts in in game one of a Rays series. Yeah, I don't know. I guess is it Snell? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess it's Snell. Yeah, you would you would you would assume so. I'm not that worried about a Snell. Um, I'm not that worried about a Barrios either. I'm definitely uh, concerned about a Bieber and going down one nothing in a three game series feels massive. Yeah, but I'm con- I'm concerned about Barrios and. More so than a Snell and a Bieber, obviously more so than anyone. Garrett Cole may be the exception there. But I'm particularly concerned with a Cleveland series or a Minnesota series because we haven't played them once. We'll, yeah. we'll have never have seen them Barrios this season, you know? it's yeah. That's that's crazy. So, like, at least we've faced Snell. We know what he's about this year. We, You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. That's a really good point, and that seems so strange to hear you say that, but it's so true. Like, we haven't played them. Play the same teams over and over. And that's a big thing to consider of these playoffs coming up is the amount of teams that are going to be facing off that probably haven't seen each other all year. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, totally. I think because our bullpen is so dominant, I'm interested in a purposeful bullpen day in a playoff game. And yep. I don't know, maybe you do an opener with Nate Pearson. You know, who knows? Who knows what it's like when he comes back? Who knows what he can do? Maybe the opener is uh, Robbie Ray, sort of. You know, Maybe you only plan on him for a couple of innings. But I think you got to play, play your, best, your best hand forward. And I think that that's the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Definitely. In a, in a three-game series, for sure one of them is, is going to be a bullpen. It's just a question of which one, and, depend, and it's going to depend on what happens on on uh, on game one. If we lose it, I feel like I'm going straight to that bullpen game. I'm coming in there. Julian Merriweather's opening. I'm going to Thomas Hatch next. Um, probably probably Thomas Hatch over Anthony Kay. Then I'm thinking about, all right, when's, when's the time to bring in Barucki here? We got some lefties coming up. Um, maybe if you know if things, I don't know. It's it's there's so, there's so many, many options. options. There's so many options, but that's so good because these games will be so important. And if and if for whatever reason it, Ryu gets hit around, like say in the first game, and you got to use a bunch of bullpens in the first game, and then you could still do a bullpen start the next game. I was hearing somebody talk about this. I don't remember who it was. But they were talking about the possibility of setting up two bullpens. Yes. So they have enough strong arms, elite arms in the bullpen that they could actually have. I think it was Baseball Central they were talking about it. But they're basically saying you could have two bullpens, one for one day, one for another day. And so they're always yeah. rested. Well, yeah, I feel like that's 
sort of what happens naturally. It's just kind of like putting a definition on what it already is. Um, just based on the way that people need to rest anyways, other than your super high leverage guys. And I don't want to fuck around with that. You know, uh, when when Ken Giles is back, if Jordan Romano's back, um, I, I, I don't want to have one. I, I forgot about Jordan Romano until right now. I was like, oh, yeah, this other bullet that we have. I don't know if it, it still seems like he's got something on his finger every time that they show him sitting in the stands. But, uh, man, to get him back. Crazy, crazy the arms that they could bring out of that bullpen. Where is your confidence in a game one with our $80 million man? Um, It's pretty high. It's, it's pretty high. Uh, I feel like at, at worst, uh, a Ryu game, you're looking at like three or four runs over five innings. And with the excitement with, you know, if we have Teoscar back, with the kind of energy that I feel like Vlad and Bo, particularly Bo, is going to have in a game like that, uh, I'm not. I'm feeling pretty good, especially you know, if it if it is Cleveland, we got We can probably we can probably win with like two runs, and we just have to get through Bieber. You know, he just needs to not throw a complete game because their offense is is pretty brutal. This 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 season so having Ryu go up against them um, you know the 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 twins offense is obviously super scary but they haven't been as scary as as it seemed like they might be mm. um, White Sox are terrifying like it, it's all big offenses that we're going to go against yeah so. it's, it's very true does Ryu feel like an ace to you doesn't necessarily feel like a ace he feels like our ace mm-hmm. um, he feels like a guy that feels like a guy that can do what he wants i don't feel like it's up to chance whether it's going to be good or not i feel like he's in control and the the balls go where he wants them to go and if one thing isn't working he figures out something else that he can use to get through it because he's got so many so many offerings yeah he, he has like very much some ace attributes in terms of his composure and he doesn't really get rattled. He he seems to never get out of hand. And like, you know, I, we haven't seen him really get shelled. You know, we've seen him let up some runs. But but when you put him up against, you know, the obvious kind of DeGrom, Scherzer's, uh, like Kershaw's, Bieber's, whoever, it, it, he's definitely a tier below them. But But I do have that kind of confidence that he'll keep you in the game. But not that he will like blow the doors down like those other guys can and just absolutely silence your bats and not give it make it such a frustrating day. I imagine it's more frustrating to face Ryu than it is uh, scary. It's it's for sure not scary or uncomfortable, really. Yeah, but I think that's just because we're accustomed now to think that aces need to throw ninety seven. Hmm. But like, if you get the job done, it doesn't matter how it gets done, and if. You know, maybe maybe there's a version of that where if we give if we give Ryu that open runway and we get to the point in the playoffs where if he's cruising, he's through he's through six innings and he's thrown ninety pitches, you can go back out there for a seventh because the the exhaustion that he has from throwing eighty nine might not be the same as Garrett Cole going out there and throwing a hundred or you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a difference to the to the level exa- of exhaustion, and maybe he's got those extra 
levels that he can go to and put it into another gear for the playoffs. Yeah, that's a really good point because it's not like he's unfamiliar with the playoffs and big moments. Um, not at all. And and that's where I think we'll see more of a, an ace. Like, not that he's not. We haven't seen him be you know dominant or whatever. But I think you'll see some of that eighty million dollar value come out in those big moments in the playoffs. Yeah, it's just like it's it's so funny. Like even yesterday, seven strikeouts, but it didn't it didn't feel like he dominated, and yet he, he lets in one run. Yeah, six innings, seven strikeouts. It's like it was, that's what you call dominant. And, and it was really interesting too because he got into trouble in the first inning, and he yeah. had a bunch of guys on. He let up a run, and it looked like he was going to have maybe a bad day, or it looked like that one run was going to turn into four real fast. Yep. But he got out of it. I mean, the Blue Jays were up, uh, I don't remember what it was, by like a, a run, and they were getting out hit big time. Like Ryu was letting up a bunch of hits. But, you know. Just scattering them. They kept getting the, kept getting the strikeout when he needs it. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. That's why like, I do have so much confidence in him. The biggest worry is, is, the, is the infield behind him. Yeah, that is, that is a worry because you got to, I mean, depending on the day, you've got guys out there maybe out of position or maybe they haven't played that position in a while. And, I mean, you've got a defensive, I wouldn't say liability, but not a strong defender at first base, depending on who you have at Cavan. If you have Cavan at second, I mean, Cavan's good. He's not, he's not a, like a, an elite defender. And then yeah. who you have at shortstop, Bobachette. Bobachette's, you know, still developing as a shortstop. He's got good potential, but I still wouldn't put him as an elite defender. And then if you've no. got Travis Shaw at third base, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's rough. It's, it's really rough. It's terrifying. He's going from having, you know, Justin Turner, Kike Hernandez, uh, Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, you know, like the elite of elite I, at, at his defense in 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 LA. And I guess that's one of the things that separates him from the upper tier of an ace because all those other guys that I named have the potential of not even letting the other team put the ball in play. But Ryu's going to put that ball in play. Yeah. But I, that, that that's kind of a curious question like we got to see and I'm glad that they're doing it. They're trying things out. It reminds me it's it's a bit like Nick Nurse and maybe it's less uh Nick Nurse because it's not as uh trying things out for the sake of it because they can like the Raptors could in the regular season they can do whatever they want and still win games this feels like it's a bit more of a necessity but just seeing getting ready for the playoffs can we can I start Kevin Biggio at third in a game is he is is that guy who has never played third base perhaps got more range and give us a better chance of getting an out at third base than Travis Shaw you know is he is he a better in right field than Teoscar Hernandez is he you know all of these things like we need to figure out it's, defensively what's our best lineup it's got to be so frustrating for Kevin though in a way because regardless of what your natural ability is you need time you need time to learn a position I don't care who you are and he keeps jumping around so does he have the potential to be a good third baseman probably but the amount of time that it takes to get comfortable at that position is not he doesn't have that time. He doesn't have yeah. the, and even if he plays the rest of the season in one position, which God knows he won't, still not enough time. Uh, but the third base is really, is my big concern. Like if, if you're Charlie going into, 
going into the playoff series, what, what, what? Do you, how are you lining up that infield? Man, you're not. You've got. You've got everyone healthy. I. I think, right now. Oh, okay. Here's here's what I'm going to say right now in the moment. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to go around the horn with you. I'm going to start at first base. First base, Vladdy. Second base, Espinal. Shortstop, Bobuchet. Third base, Kevin Biggio. All right. Now we haven't seen Espinal play second base. Yeah, but look, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to put some duct tape on like a flooding I know. on a flooding house right now. But I've seen Travis Shaw play third. I've like sort of seen Biggio play third, I guess. I imagine if you can play shortstop, you can play second base. I would imagine that to be true. I would imagine that Espinal could play second base. Would he be comfortable there? I've no idea. Like another thing about what I said, it's kind of a problem. You don't want a bunch of people feeling uncomfortable. But then if I'm going to put Cavan at second, then you know who's playing third base. I mean, VR, I don't really need to see too much more of VR for me. Um, I think he can come off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the guy you're looking, I guess, maybe pinch hit for, for Espinal and go in there without needing another substitution. But it's also like thinking about Espinal as your, as your everyday, like putting in the playoff in your lineup. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not ideal. There's a lot, there's a lot of, I mean, I guess Travis Shaw's bat is better to have in the lineup, but then, like you said, you got Ryu on the mound and then what, what's it going to cost you on the other side? Yeah. Well, I think we got to start. I would love to see Espinal play at second and let's, let's, let's get a, let's get a sniff of that. I mean, he's had to, he's been busy. He's been playing a lot of shortstop with, with Bo gone. But if he's gonna keep, if he's gonna keep, like smacking the ball around the around the, you know he's not hitting the ball deep, but oh, he's, he's getting no hits. Power. Yeah, he he is. He's, he's getting got hits. some speed, and he's got he's got he's got got some luck on his side right now. But is that the guy you want in the playoffs? I don't know. But if 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 that is the case, I want to see I want to see Biggio at third for a week. I want to see Espinal at second. I think if that was the case, you would see that. I don't think that they're considering that really. So, what do you think? They're they're, they're like let's. I think let's Travis die I think, here with Shaw. I think Shaw's going to start in the playoffs for sure. For sure, he is. You get the left-handed bat. I don't know. You hope that he can pull it together, unless they do some crazy fucking miraculous thing, and doo, 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 they get to the playoffs. And guess who's at third place? Vladdy Guerrero. <laughs> like having not played all season at third base and having been fat shamed for the last year and a half about his ability to play third base after being the worst third baseman in the league last year. Vladdy is at third. Like I don't know. Like, Shaw's got to be better than Vladdy at third. No. Well, that's a good question. I haven't seen uh, anyone investigate that. I haven't seen where where Travis Shaw sits in the league with the with the DRS or all of those defensive stats that I don't really understand. But I can't imagine that he's very high up on the list. No, for sure he's not. But like, I think the two of them are like neck and neck at the back of the pack. And so I think it's just it doesn't matter. Like if you flop them and then one plays first and the other plays third. What does it matter if you just you get shit at the corners? Like it's yeah. The one thing that I, I would that I liked about Vlad is that you know he's given up his body. He's making that dive. 
there are times where I feel like Shaw just kind of like does that thing. He moves moves one step and sees, and he's like, oh no, and he just doesn't like. <laughs> He doesn't like. He thinks about his body for a second, and that he's going to be sore if he has to go down to the ground, and then he's going to have to get up. And and I don't know what the exact metrics are with Vladdy, but the eye test looks like he has a fucking rocket of an arm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that makes up for a lot of things that he might. If he can't get to something quick enough, he can make up for a little bit with his arm. Yeah, yeah. Shaw looks like he's got like a T Rex of an arm. <laughs> You know, it kind of like it's like this, like ah, like this little flick throw that he does. I feel like we need to. I think some of our homework has got to be coming up with a name for Shaw that we don't actually have to say Shaw anymore. We have to figure out something to call him to help hmm. us get the rage out. Okay, that's 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 a good idea. But uh, sort of been putting this off. I think uh, it's time to. Do something that I don't think either of us want to be doing right now. But it's time for the obituaries. We lost two more soldiers over the weekend on Friday. The first up is Caleb Joseph. And I just want to put it out there if anybody would like to come up and say anything to Caleb Joseph before... We put him six feet under. Jacob, I know this is hard, but if you have anything, anything, just speak from your heart. Okay. Um, dear, dearest Caleb, you are, I don't, I don't know how old. It's hard to tell with baseball. Everyone looks older than they are. 25-year-olds, I feel like they're older than me because of their their power and their wealth uh, you you got like this like kind of dad like 50 year old vibe to you and i know that's it's, it's it's not meant to be insulting but i don't know i feel like you got maybe maybe you got jerked around a little bit here at the blue jays you know it feels like you put in a lot of work everyone loved you 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 tried to keep this crew going teach all the guys and and then and then they brought you up like we brought you up just to just to throw you away in the trash. It feels a bit feels a bit sad, and I'm sad for you. I'm sad that you can't keep getting paid not to play baseball. Maybe someone else will take you, but I'd be surprised um, because because you know we're we're looking at guys who haven't played baseball professionally above above a level that like I don't know like twelve year olds play. Um, <laughs> With, with Kirk. So I appreciate what you've done for the squad and uh, I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Jacob. That couldn't have been easy. Very, very brave words. Um, Caleb, you were the fun guy. Everybody loves the fun guy. It's also fun to be good at baseball, but not the only type of fun. Uh, you would play the drums and you would dance in the dugout, but it did always seem like you were just trying to find ways to hold on to a job that you weren't really qualified for. 
You were just so aware of the camera when you were dancing in the dugout, desperately hoping that fans would rally around you and they would keep you because of it like a lesser Munenori Kawasaki. That's right, uh, lesser. I'm glad you got to hit a home run in your first AB. That's fun. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to have to keep going through this, Jacob. Uh, next up in the next coffin, we have Billy McKinney. Uh, this is a complicated one. Um, Jacob, do you have anything you'd like to say to Billy McKinney? Billy uh, William, as as I'm pretty sure you prefer to be known as, and no one respects you, so they still still call you <laughs> Billy. Um, you, I'll always remember you as the guy that David thought he could beat up in a fight from the Blue Jays. You know, we did a segment on on our old show, the Buck and Tabby Show. Billy. Um, David just thought he could drop you like no problem, and th that's that's that really stands out to me as something that you did um, this season. You you got point one WAR. <laughs> I don't know how that happened because you have you have a career point two WAR. So like this is this has got to be your best season yet. Like all of the all of the good is ahead of you because I'm guessing everything you've done before was negative. I don't know. I'm I'm confused. You were hitting 667 this year. That's huge, man. That's massive. I know you had three at bats, but you got two hits. So like everything is looking up for Billy. You're gonna go somewhere and play in AAA for the rest of your life, and and that'll be that'll be your story. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Uh... Billy, Billy, I actually forgot that I said that I could beat you up on a previous episode of something that we recorded. And it, I was in the time of the early pandemic, so maybe uh, I wasn't thinking correctly. So what I'll say is I don't know if I could beat you up, but what I'm saying is I would try. And I think I could do it. I would cold cock you in a ring and just see what happens and you you might recover from that well and you might just go to town on me but one of us is getting really really hurt and I don't know who and that's not saying much I'm not a fighter and I'm not an athlete so that's not saying much Billy I always wanted you to be Clint Frazier and you never were you never will be and Clint Frazier is not even that good I remember the first time I saw you I was disappointed and I didn't even watch you play baseball I just saw you and I was just disappointed at you just you didn't look how I wanted you to look and then unfortunately a friend texted me and he told me that I looked like you and that I could play you in a movie and from that moment on you were dead to me because I'm yeah, dead to me too so it's a little bit of luck there but I'm gonna also put a lot of it on you uh, thank you everybody for coming uh, Jacob, I know this couldn't be easy for you. It wasn't easy for me, but uh, let's just try to snap out of this and get the juice going because Jacob and I are head-to-head -head this week in oh. fantasy playoffs, baby. This is for all the marbles. Yeah, it's do or die.
it is do or die. And so any part of you thinks I'm not like littering my uh, rotation with PPs on Sunday, you're fucking not right. But I will say I naturally have five starts on Sunday. So even if, even if you think I'm out of it, even if I'm way, way out of it, five starts naturally, I'll put another four in there. I'm going to do a Hail Mary into the end zone and just see. I'll drop everybody. Mm. I'll drop Trevor Bauer. I'll drop Castillo. I'll drop Maeda. I'll drop anybody to get a dirt PP just to try to take you down. You are killing it. You, you dominated the week. The favorites are definitely the favorites. Um, I, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this week. I've been uh, not looking forward to going into it, but here we are. Let's dig in. Let's go. I, I got to admit, like, yeah, the favorites are, you know, they're incredible. They're up like 100 on in points, up 250 on you in total points, I think. Nearly a week, like a, a week winning. Oh, that, that, that's a low week. That's a low week. But yeah, it's a low week, <laughs> but it's happened. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm one, well, I'm two points away from being undefeated. You know, I lost by that one point from, uh, from that, from, from our pre understanding of PPs. <laughs> um, and, but I'll admit, this is a, this is a tough week for me. Everything is, is pointed in your direction in terms of your starting pitchers. You've got two starts from Bauer. You've got two starts from Castillo. I've got, I don't have a single pitcher pitching two starts this week. So I'm, I'm a bit worried in that sense. Um, and there's not a lot of, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any spaces right now to, to start doing PPs. I'm, I'm, I don't feel great about who's out there right now anyway. So my hope is that you actually hurt yourself with the PPs and that they... Well, I'm not doing the PPs until it becomes necessary until Sunday. I mean, I got a PP tonight. I got Lizardo going tonight, but we'll see. Ugh, I, I'm just, I'm just worried. It's going to, it's going to be really telling what, what, what could happen this week. You've got Bauer going today as well. I need the, the scales of justice to balance back out because I've had so many pitching meltdowns that I feel like it has to even out. It has to come back. And I just need, I, I'll, I'll, I fully admit that I need a bit of luck. Well, and maybe, maybe a reasonable amount of luck, but I am opened. I'm open to the idea that that luck is coming and that I deserve that luck. Let it begin tonight. The great battle of the fantasy season. The Blue Jays are off tonight. Then they're facing the Yanks. Three-game series. They're in for it with Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka. The Blue Jays got Walker on the mound on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow. But we will see you all Wednesday to talk about Taiwan Walker and how I picked him up from the free agent market and how he just shoved for me. But I also have Davey Garcia, who's pitching against him. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. We'll see ya.